This is Bright and Bubbly with Tori and Elizabeth on season two. Thanks for joining us. So today we are talking about a book, which I am so excited about because I have yet to read it. Mm -hmm. Um, Elizabeth, you have read it and said, oh my goodness, I want to talk about this. So um, I'm super pumped because I love to read. The summertime is when I get to read the most because I have the most free time. So um, I've read a few books over the summer, so maybe next time I'll get a little book review in. But I am very much excited because I cannot wait to hear about this book. Mm -hmm. Because she told me she finished it in like a car ride, like an eight-hour car ride. So it's got to be good. It's good, and I'm so excited to share it with you. So it is not our book. <laughs> let's just let's just make that clear. Um, Tori and I, when we started our podcast, were creating all these topics, and one of the things that we wanted to talk about was books that we read, because books can become like mentors. Books can have great impact and encourage you wherever you're at, especially when it's a nonfiction book. But even fiction books can be encouraging because they take you outside of your world. Yep, and. The book that I'm going to talk about today is a nonfiction book. And first, I'm going to have some suspense here, although (laughs) I think the title may give it away, (laughs) so that might not help. But what I'm going to talk about is my experience of picking up this book, reading it, and what it's doing in my life now. Okay? So um, I was given a stack of books by my friend, um, Lainey. She gave me these books about six to seven months ago. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to read them. All nonfiction, really well-known authors. The moment I say the names, you're going to go, of course. Yeah. And uh, didn't touch them. (laughs) Didn't touch them at all. But about a week and a half ago, I got ready for a vacation, a trip that we were going on. And as I'm packing, I packed two books that were like hit an issue, like hard hitting. You know what you're going to get with these books. And I put them in my purse. And as I'm packing, I look at my bookshelf. And one other book stood out to me. I was like, huh, this one's lighter. I've been curious. (laughs) And I kind of need to give these books back. So I need to start reading at least one of them. So I grabbed this book out of the bookshelf, put it on my desk, walk away. Well, it didn't stay there very long. I came back, put it in my bag, took it out of the bag, put it back on the desk. This whole process. But long story short, it got in the car. (laughs) I got the book. And we start on our journey and we're driving down the road. I'm with my family and I'm like, oh, look, I got this book. I should read it. So I read the intro, read the first chapter, read the second chapter and was like, this is amazing. Danielle, that's one of my sisters. You got to listen. You got to read this book. We don't have it on audio, but you may be able to get it on audio. And so she reads the intro and loves it. So then I tell my mom, hey, mom, this book is amazing. Like, maybe you'll want to read it too. She goes, give it to me. She goes, I'll read it out loud. So my dad is driving. My mom's in the front seat. My sister and I are in the back. And my mom starts to read the intro. Then she reads the first chapter. Then she reads the second chapter, which I had read. And then she read the third chapter. And then I read the fourth chapter. Pretty soon we had read four, not four, eight chapters all in this eight hour car ride. And we had like broken it up a little bit and it probably Mm -hmm. took us three to four hours to read those eight chapters. And this is all out loud. All out loud. Yes. Oh my gosh. So we did old school. We didn't watch anything. We didn't listen to anything. We weren't on our phones. We literally listened to a book that we read back and forth. 
It's like popcorn. Remember you would popcorn read in school? Yes. Like your family was doing that with this book. It was great. <laughs> it was, and it was a great memory maker as well, reading this book. Yeah. And then on our way back, so a week later, um, we did it again. And my mom and I, every other chapter, finished the book out. And we did it, we took another three to four hours to read it. And the book is The Magnolia Story by Chip and Joanna Gaines. Now, I don't know what you think of when you hear those names or even the book. Um, you may be someone who doesn't know who they are at all. Or you may be like a bunch of other people. You know who the Gaineses are. Yep. And you have a perspective and a thought to what their story is and what the Magnolia means. And reading this book was beyond that and so much more. Can I just say, this book is so timely for me in my life, but I think it was timely in theirs. Because mm. if I've learned anything with doing this podcast, it can be used greatly in our own lives as we're processing our stuff. Yeah. So I can just see how by them writing a book, both Chip and Joanna say things in this book, the way that it is um, created. I don't know if it would be the same in an audio, but in the book itself, there's two fonts. One oh. is Chip's words and one is Joanna's. And there are times where you'll go three pages, all of Joanna speaking or three pages, all of Chip speaking. And then like little tidbits <laughs> from the other spouse. But it is so cool how they put it together that if you've ever watched Fixer Upper. Yep their show on HGTV, you get to know them and you can see their personalities oh, that yeah. when you read the book, you literally can hear them speaking <laughs> as you read. Like, even as I was listening when my mom was speaking and my mom's voice is the one that I hear, I could still envision Chip's words. I can still envision Joanna's words. And it was really even comforting because there's a visual of who they are mm -hmm. and then to read it and vice versa. So if you don't watch that show... I'd still say read this book. Yeah. And if you do watch this show, I mean, you gotta read the You're book. You're gonna fall in love with them all over like, again. I haven't even read the book and I'm like, oh, I love Fixer Upper. Let me read it. Yes. <laughs> and the way that they structured this book is very cohesive and complete. They start and finish so well. And the middle is chock, chock filled with chock full. I don't know. What is that saying? I think it's chock filled. Chuckfold? Okay. If it's wrong, I apologize. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever that saying is, I probably will never say it again in my life because I don't have it right. <laughs> um, the book is filled with so many great stories and lessons that they learn that um, it really shows you what it's like when you work hard mm -hmm. and you put your trust in the Lord. Wow. They work hard. Mm-hmm. And they put their trust in the Lord. And because of those two things, you see the evidence of those things in their business and in their show, in their lives and in what they're doing. They're very evidently people that are human and that have problems and flaws. But at the very same time, the evidence of a great God that they serve is all around their story. Mm -hmm. And they're not um, openly in your face. We're Christians. We... Blah, 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 yeah. and preaching. Um, they're not in that way in anything else that they put out, and they're not in this book. But they mention God. Mm -hmm. They talk about prayer. They talk about miracles. They talk about what he did in his faithfulness. And I appreciated that. Because if you aren't, if you're not a believer, they didn't preach at you. Yeah. And if you are a believer, they still stood on God and his truths and show you and give you a, 
um, a perspective or a window into their lives and what God does and has played, what role he's played in their life. That's awesome. So how does this, so the the title is The Magnolia Story. Mm-hmm. And so I follow them on the social media. So I kind of know Magnolia. So how does like the book start off? Are they talking about how they created the Magnolia and the silos and all of that? And like, or did they kind of like start off with like, hey, this is Chip. This is Joanna. This is how we met and yeah. kind of went into that. Like. Well, actually, that's exactly what they did. Oh, cool. They started there. The chapter one says first dates and second chances. Chapter two is new directions. Chapter three, something old, something new. Mm-hmm. Just a hint of where that one goes. <laughs> um, and, and of course, it continues on. And uh, they go in order of who they are. Because if you think about a tree, there's a root system, there's branches, then there's the fruit. Mm-hmm. So... In their story, or in the Magnolia story, they have to start somewhere. Yeah. So the roots are their lives. The trunk would be them coming together and how they live their lives. And then the fruit is the Magnolias and their business Magnolia. And so um, I loved how they open up and bring you in. And they give you perspective. They even, as most books that are nonfiction, when it gives you a biography of someone's life, um, there's pictures in this book. Um, that show you Chip, you know, uh, in the Little League and you know, when he broke his arm and you have Joanna in front of a car. Like, really <laughs> cool things in here that give you a little bit more of a picture. Of them. Of them. And then they also bring it in with their story. And I just loved how in this book they didn't shy away from the failures. Mm-hmm. Or the things that were crazy. They let it all them show through and they give you a timeline so if you're someone who has followed them you can literally yeah. go back and like go oh, i wasn't watching the show yet or oh i was <laughs> or oh i didn't know this about them and it gives you understanding like never mm-hmm. before and it's it's not a you know a short book but it's not a huge book either yeah it's it's decent that yes my mom and i finished it in a car ride (laughs) but we were reading for hours and so it's i think 182 pages okay and they're beautiful pages filled with some awesome awesome things and so um one of the things that stood out to me was that they did share with you how the silos happened Mm-hmm. But it actually isn't revealed until towards the end of the book because that's actually what it is. It's towards the end of the story of the Magnolia story. Yeah. It's the actual blossom. It's the blooming part of everything. Aww. And so they take the time um, in a creative way to bring you on this journey of their lives where I think they still were able to have some aspects that are only their knowledge, mm-hmm. but still transparency. Yes. And then telling you how they worked with the houses in each house and the heartache that they went through when it came to house and house. And there was something in this story, and I don't want to give it away. It's not my story. It's theirs. And you can read the book that happened to them. That was really scary. Some really intense things happened that I think we can look at their lives and just see the positive and just see how awesome it is that they're well known and that they have a magazine and they have um, a business that builds houses and they have the TV show and they have Magnolia and she writes books and they have kids that are thriving and all these different things. But by reading chapter one, by reading the intro, by reading, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, all of those, you get 
the understanding of where they are now and why. Mm-hmm. And that was beautiful. That's so, awesome. um, like I said, if you are looking for a perspective from two people and not one, they have it in this book. My dad loved the book. Um, Joanna speaks a lot more than Chip does in it, but there still is so much of them woven in every aspect mm-hmm. um, that if you don't like Fixer Up or you and me afterwards. Right. So what was your favorite part? What's your like oh. favorite part in this book? Okay. So um, maybe because it's just where I'm at in this season of my life, but there is a part at the very end that Joanna gets very transparent and open with perspective of being a mother and those things that she set as goals in her life she talks about a place where there was a big light bulb about her um her design focus when it comes to making a house about you Mm -hmm. and designing for the stage of life you're in and it became something huge because she saw it in her kids' lives. She saw mm. in her life what she was focused on. She was so focused on cleaning the house and making it look nice and always having a very presented, complete, perfect home that she was ignoring the stage and the season that her kids and her family were in. Mm-hmm. And so she had this light bulb moment. And so she shares that in one of the later chapters. And then you think, okay, wow, like that's freedom. So many mothers, um, I'm a nanny and I even struggle with this. Where it's like having and keeping the house clean and um, all the messes that your kids bring Mm -hmm. or even just the messes you make. And it was so cool to see the freedom that she got when this light bulb moment happened for her and her design and actually how it works in the show and other places in her magazine. That because she's designing for the stage of life you're in or designing for you, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to look like everyone else. And then because of it, she also made goals for taking care of her kids in a different way. And so I was encouraged by that, just let alone. And then she dropped this huge one. She talked about thriving versus surviving. Okay. So, so often in our lives, we are just surviving. Yeah. Actually, Tori and I even talked about it. The one of the reasons why it stood out to me is I'm in a season where I feel like I'm almost just surviving. <laughs> yep. You can say that again. And Joanna talks about surviving versus thriving and how do you get there? Mm-hmm. How do you make that switch? Well, one, it's a mental thing. But I want to read you an excerpt from her her words in the book. It's um, in like the second to last chapter. And here it goes. Ready? This is Joanna Gaines' words in her book. I always thought that the thriving would come when everything was perfect. And what I learned is that it's actually down in the mess that things get good. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I'm going to continue, even though that one was pretty much a, a drop the mic. Yeah. Here we go. Her words as well. Once again, it was such a blessing to find myself thriving in the middle of pain. Unless you find a way to do that, there's always going to be this fake illusion that once you get there, wherever there is for you, you'll be happy. But that's just not life. If you can't find happiness in the ugliness, you're not going to find it in the beauty either. Wow. Okay, I'm going to read that again because that hits home. Um, If you can't find happiness in the ugliness, you're not going to find it in the beauty either. Yeah. So speaking and talking about thriving, what I pulled out of that 
what quote came to my mind and I created was this. It's in the dirt or in the dirt is where the thriving starts. Mm -hmm. So think about the mess and that perspective there. We want to thrive when we're blooming. But technically, when a plant is being grown and processing everything, it's in the dirt. It's in the mess. Um, I have a podcast episode where I talk about trials and treasures. And Tori, you do too. Yep. It's because of that mess. It's because of that trial that we had treasures that we found yes. or could see. Um, even when we get to a stage where we overcome something in your life, me, you, me, our listener, um, it's that bloom from that thriving underground. Yeah. From that getting the nutrients and being in the dirt and having those roots wiggle their way around rocks and yeah. and and being thirsty at times mm-hmm. and needing sunshine and all that process of growing. Yeah. And so I really appreciate it when yes, this book was amazing, but I got to this point. Mm-hmm. Because this just stood out. I mean, like that first part of the quote, and I'm going to read it again because it's I don't just know. that good. Yeah, it's so good. It's the first the first section that I read, and this is what it was by Joanna Gaines. I always thought that the thriving would come when everything was perfect, and what I learned is that it's actually down in the mess that things get good. I love that because we can get to a point where we're like, if I just can get there, if I just can get the career that I want, yes. I'm there, and I get it. And then you get to that career, and you're like, if I can just get to fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And like you're still trying to strive for something else, and what you need to realize is you're thriving where you're at. Like, mm-hmm. you realize that. Mm-hmm. And I, so I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And she talks about that process for her and how it happened. It was a lot of her mindset. It was a lot of her thoughts mm-hmm. and choosing to think on different things. God's word says that. Think on such things that are good and lovely and all this stuff that yeah. it's really important what we're focusing on. And she just takes a couple minutes to talk about that. Because if you think about it, in the goals that we have in life, when you're in high school, your goal is college or a career. Yep. When you're in college, it's for sure that career or getting married. Mm-hmm. When you're married, it may be kids or furthering your career. When you have kids, it's surviving day by day. Yep. Then it's becoming a grandparent or it's becoming an expert in your field or all these things that I remember, even in my own life, wanting a certain job, getting that job, and then going, well, now I'm overwhelmed Yeah. because I got this job. <laughs> Or now I don't feel like I know enough and I need to learn more. And just constantly oh, keep on looking for the next thing. Yeah, which it, turns into like you're surviving. Mm-hmm. Like when you keep on looking for the next, the next, the next, that turns into surviving. You're no yes. longer thriving because now you're just like, okay, I got to get this. I got to do that mm-hmm. and this and that. And before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? Yep. Yep. And this book literally walks you through that mm-hmm. and she specifically just takes that time to address it that it's not like one of those books where you know that you're going to get like a specific lesson out of the book mm-hmm. i didn't read this book expecting a lesson or anything like it's the magnolia story what am i gonna learn other than like some gossipy news yeah this, you know <laughs> and yet uh it's so much more than that and so I'm thankful for my friend who loaned me the book. Yeah. But I'm even more grateful for what God did 
and the foundation he set in Chip and Joanna Gaines's life so that they could write a book like this and that they allow people to be on this journey. Yeah. With them. And that's the beauty of a book. So it's just, it's beautiful. So I, I hope you enjoyed. And I do. I encourage you to read this book. Um, it's not that long. It's one of those books you could read one chapter at a time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think you'll enjoy it wherever you are. Whether you're super thirsty and needing entertainment that's good and wholesome. Hey, here's this book. Or you just, just want to have a leisure read. Whatever it may be. Yeah. I recommend The Magnolia Story by Chip and Gina, Joanna Gaines. Also with um, Mark D'Agostino, which I don't know if I said his last name right, but he probably is their ghostwriter, and I bet he did a great job helping them because this book is fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. I cannot wait to read it. I'm going to read it. And I'm sure, like, anywhere books are sold, people can find it. Yeah. So yeah. that is uh, exciting. This is not endorsed by them. They do not know us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, hey, you happen to want to read their book. Yeah. And it works out that way. Um, so we do like to talk about our bright and bubbly things in our world. So, Tori, before we get done, what is something bright and bubbly in your life going on right now? Oh, bright and bubbly. Um, I will have to say that my bubbly to encourage people out there would be that the other day I did something um, for the women's ministry. And... Um, it was something that I was like, okay, I'll do it. And then like, as I'm walking up to to um, the scene or whatever, I got like nervous. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to be here. Like by myself, I don't know a whole lot of people and these women that are going to be here. And um, I ended up having a really good time. So just myself, like just doing things, even when I am like afraid to do them because it's, it's awesome. And like, I just grow in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my bright and my bubbly all, is... All combined, though, almost, right? Yeah. Like, you you hit two with one stone, but you have more bubbly? It was super fun. Well, this <laughs> this is going to be fun, so I can document this. Okay. I'm going to do my hair. So <laughs> I am in the process. I YouTubed a step-by-step how to do, like, this cute little uh, hairstyle. So stay tuned, possibly, for pictures. But <laughs> that's my bubbly. I love that. That's <laughs> great. I will, I will receive those. So I will have to just be unoriginal and say this book. Yeah, it was both my brain and my bubbly because I was encouraged and I had a lot of fun. This book made me laugh and it also (laughs) made me cry. It also made me praise the Lord. So it did a lot of great things. It's a well-rounded book. Well-rounded book. It hit everything. Yay. Go out. Be blessed. Encourage somebody. Thanks for listening. Come back soon. 